good evening once again, everybody, and welcome to the Chipman Brothers Tangent Podcast. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Bob. And it's a uh, it's a Saturday night. It's the 10th of March, 2018. Yes, uh, it is. We, we, we've got a half hour left in uh, National Mario Day. In National Mario Day, that's right. M-A-R-1-0, my friend. Speaking of that, I, yeah. I used yeah. my Google Map Mario Kart today to get around. Did you see that? Uh, oh, you did. Have, have yeah, you seen, I, have you seen I, I this? I did see that. That was was, was... was it good? It was hilarious. So for those of you that don't know, and it hopefully, I think it goes on for a week starting on Mario Day, a little um, uh, question mark box will appear next to your start navigation. And if you hit it, Mario pops up and goes, let's go. And then you can, uh, your car shows up as Mario on the Google Maps screen. Because why not? Right? Hmm. It's pretty freaking yeah. cool. Um, so Absolutely. Last time we recorded one of these was in late February. I believe maybe my birthday or our mutual birthdays had just happened. Mine was on the 26th, so it was a few days before. But Bob and my family got me Labo. Thank you, Bob. Ah, uh, yes. I can't freaking wait for Labo to come. <laughs> um, and also at that time, I think Bob had seen Black Panther, and I hadn't yet. I've rectified that sense, so we'll get to that later. Um, for those of you that like beer, I don't know if I've talked about beer on this podcast before. It's strange, because it's something I really like. Um, I'm drinking an Ipswich hmm. Ale Hellbound Barley Wine. You ever had a barley wine, Bob? Uh, I have not had a barley wine. Isn't that just beer? It's really strong beer. So it, it's so why not just call it really strong beer? Well, because like beer has four ingredients, and some beers are really hoppy because they overdo the hops, like the majority of the American public that seems to be obsessed with IPAs. Anyway, um, and a barley wine is a super super malty beer, and they uh, um, put a lot of sugar in it and a lot of things that are sugary. And it ends up almost tasting like a wine if it had the flavor of beer. Um, Sam Adams Utopias is a barley wine, um, and so they uh, okay. You, it, right. Basically, they push the extents of what can still be considered a beer under. Let's see if I butcher the pronunciation. Rheinheimschgebot, which is a German purity law that says if you don't have these four ingredients, you're not a beer. And um, they only had three ingredients originally. Until they found out what yeast was, did you know that? Okay. So they were they were brewing the uh, beer. No, I, I I can say I did not. They were brewing the beer in in bread barrels, and didn't realize mm -hmm. that there was yeast strains left over that were actually what was eating the sugars and creating the alcohol. Okay. Okay. And this is when my scientist turns on, and I bore everybody. <laughs> anyway, so I'm well, no, drinking. No, that's that's interesting. It's just I I don't I don't know these things about beer. I'm not a huge huge beer guy, but I, I it's interesting. I'm drinking a really strong beer, and so I'll get interesting throughout the course of this podcast. I'm sure. Um. So, okay. So this is this is called, but this is called a barley wine. Barley wine. Okay. Is that is see that just sounds wrong to me. It sounds like when people call a burger a hamburger sandwich. <laughs> hamburger sandwich. This is a or like what? This what, is what, a liquid drink. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Well, 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 no, but like even still, not all liquids are, are are drinks, right? Like it's it's like when they named the movie Ninja Assassin 
And it's like, wait a minute, isn't all ninjas assassins? Oh, yeah, wasn't that that Wachowski's movie that they didn't really direct and their friend who made um, that other movie made? Yeah. Yeah I, th- yeah. I th- yeah, I think that was a, a James a James McTeague movie, but uh, yeah, I mean that was a, that yeah, I mean that was an, an okay fun movie. It was it was nice and bloody, but I remember like the trailers would come up and it would be like Ninja Assassin, and people were like, you know, people would laugh because it's like calling the movie Commando Soldier. Commando Soldier, hooker prostitute. Yeah, <laughs> big mm. McLarge huge. <laughs> um, so you know, um, something else happened too, right? That's kind of important in the things we talk about, right? I, th- uh, yeah. I think that, that their awards show was on. I, I was thinking of the president going to North Korea, but yeah, there, there was also a show with movie trophies. Oh, on. no, no, no. We don't need to talk about um, the uh, their little game of hide the nukes or whatever the hell they're playing today. No, no, no. The, 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 movie, mm. the movie thing. Yeah, oh, yeah the, the Academy Awards. So, so on our last one, um, I know you had done your prediction show, and we did ours, and I think I, think I called the three... Um, the three important ones dead on if i don't if i'm not mistaken and since i do this off the cuff i don't really remember what i said but i'm pretty sure i said that get out would take screenplay yeah. and shape of water would take everything else and it did yeah yeah i yeah i i i thought that uh, jordan peele would get uh, would get best director but uh, then when he was not picking it up at so many of the other shows i was like oh now okay they're going to go they're they're gonna go over and under for for the shape of water, it, which, which is fine. It's a good movie. It, it deserves. It. I was hoping for Get Out would be the big movie. Me too. Me too. I mean, Get Out was my favorite movie of the year. Um, yeah, but hands down across the board, and it, it it it's just fucking awesome. And if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, why? Don't be like the Academy voters. Actually, see this film. It's not. It, <laughs> it's not some. Well, it is a horror movie, but it's not. It's not to be taken lightly. It's not getting all the credit it's getting because of racial bias or anything else. It really is as fucking good as it really is. Um, no, it is. It's it's a legitimately great film. It it, it really is. It it it's the best movie of this year and probably the best movie in several years. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's so great that we're living in a time though, Bob. I mean, I know that everyone. I, I hate how, like, the last... I mean, this has been going on forever, but it seems like it's been more prominent in, say, like, the last five or so years where to like a movie, you have to hate all the other ones. And in particular, right, they, yeah. they pit these movies up against each other. I mean, Shape of Water and Get Out are both directed by minorities. Why do, yeah, we, why yeah. do we have to pit the movies against one another? I mean, The Shape of Water and Get Out being the two movies that we're fighting the most about this year and that are the closest contenders. What a great time we live in. Yeah. Right? You've got, yeah, no, you've, that's great. You've, you've got one movie that in Get Out that don't want to blow everything about Get Out, but Get Out is just layered socially, politically, um, yeah. and it's a good version of the genre that it's in. It's a great version of the genre. It's in it at an almost Hitchcockian level. Um, st- right, yeah. And then... The Shape of Water is, you know, a really, really great period piece that's also about a woman who has sex with a fish man. And those are the yes. two movies that we're arguing which one's more Oscar bait. It's very weird, <laughs> right? It's very weird. Yeah. And and I love it. Um, I don't know. I, I could have seen it go either way. And as long as it had been one of those two movies for those awards, I would have been psyched. Um, 
I know mm, yeah. I, I still haven't fully um, arrived at how I feel about three billboards. I watched a lot of them leading up. I hadn't seen them as early as you. I know that you really don't like the movie. And I can see I can see those reasons. I think it won the awards that it at least if you were going to say it deserved any of them, which I don't necessarily think it does. It at least won the awards. I wasn't angry about it winning. You know, if 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 yeah. it had taken best picture or best screenplay away, but you know, I, I mean, Francis McDormand showed up and Sam Rockwell showed up. I wish Rockwell had gotten an award yeah. for one of the other twenty performances he's done that were deserving. But it seemed like in the yeah. acting side that was kind of the year we had, right? You know, you've got McDormand's kind of getting the Oscar that she, you know, <laughs> for every role she's ever played. Um, Gary Oldman, yeah, um, she, Gary she, Oldman is getting his. Yeah. Hey, we should have given you this a long time ago. And same thing with Rockwell. Yeah, yeah. It's you know I like I I I dislike the movie the more I think about it. But then I I go back you know and 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 I watch you know parts or scenes and not. It's like you know I don't like viscerally hate what what's going on here. It's I'm just not like nuts about it, and I'm just sort of uh, you know. I honestly, agree. I not, I'm this is the more really the thing. more the more I thought about what point it could be trying to make, the more I got worrisome yeah. about it because it it kind of dodgily gets shaky in the second half, and yeah. I think part of that is you know, the idea of the movie is to kind of be morally ambiguous, I guess, but that's also well, not necessarily I mean, fully earned either because I I don't. I don't necessarily think that human beings that are so vile can all of a sudden just start forgiving each other all over the place. <laughs> well, you know, and it's, I don't know. The, I, I know the, the thing of it is, is like I've liked uh, McDonough's other movies and uh, in Bruges know, like, is one of my other, is I, one of my favorites. No, in Bruges is a great movie. And uh, I, I believe Seven Psychopaths is a great movie. Yes, it is. And I think. <laughs> And I, I, I feel like his other two movies are, you know, they, they all three of these are sort of, you know, like under layered with a whole bunch of it's a mix between being sort of, you know, melodramatic and sad and, and sort of serious with uh, most of the movie is this kind of absurd black comedy thing. And then there will be portions of it where it's like, OK, this is where there would be a punchline. And instead we're be and instead suddenly Oh, oh, okay. Well, this like come like everybody come right back down to earth. And I feel like in this one, like that formula is sort of like flipped over upside down. Uh, yeah, I where agree. It it feels like the setup of this with how over the top and extreme these characters is generous. Most of them are caricatures. Uh, oh, yes, and, very uh, much so. So of, of of given how extreme all of that is, it feels like more of this should have been or maybe was intended to be taken as you know kind of absurd and and silly and uh like j just like the fact that sam rockwell is not just an asshole racist cop but he's also an asshole racist cop who's whiny and whose mom browbeats him and he reads like comic books at his desk and he's you know glib and also kind of stupid like there's so many he he's practically like a, a one-off character from King of the Hill. Yeah, and he's, he's like um, I don't know, it, he's it, like a less the, efficient Dale Gribble. <laughs> right, but it, it but it feels like the it 
I don't want to say that it wants to be Fargo just because Francis McDormand is in it, but it feels like it's sort of living in that kind of zone where, yes, we're going to play this melodramatic, but you can tell that all of these characters are ridiculous and over-the-top and melodramatic and goofy, so it's actually a comedy. Well, and then every once in a while, Fargo comes back down and says, yeah, but, you know, like, Marge is ridiculous, but we like her. And I don't know, it just, it the tone of it just, just didn't get that, get there for me. The balance never Especially, jived. The balance yeah. never fully jived. I, I mean, I, I was talking to someone about it, and I mentioned In Bruges, and In Bruges works so well because it's so off right. the wall. Like, the movie is, mm-hmm. there's a serious thing going on, but the characters are all caricatures, and the movie almost exists in a fantasy land where it's like, this is purgatory. The, you know, these mm. guys are stuck in purgatory, they're not... They're not on in the real world anymore, you know, and, and Bruges isn't really yeah. the real world for them. It rep, they're actually in the caricature they've built up in their heads of what this place is supposed to be. And so yeah, in right, that, right. in that almost like a dream like state can mm. take on where the whimsy can come in and you don't um, you don't give up on the movie. Whereas in this, every yeah. time it got whimsical is actually when it was great. And it's the times yeah, that it, well, and it's the times that when it tried to bring itself back down to go, oh, by the way, this is existing in you know current time America in a real place. Right. You kind of go, yeah, but yeah. you know, it's still kind of a caricature of that place, <laughs> you know. And, mm. and 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 that was kind of where it got problematic. But um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's like well, it's like I mean, do do do, do we give a shit about spoilers for this? No. Do, I mean, do I care? don't. Okay. Well, I. D- well, I don't know. It's your show. You tell me if I'm not supposed to spoil, like you know, big parts of the movie for people. No, no, no. I think I think um, three billboards can be spoiled. Okay, so like the, like the like the one of the big scenes that that this turns on is that when Frances McDormand is, you know, she she's mad because and stop me if I if you think I'm getting the sequence of events here wrong, but the uh, someone burns down the three billboards. Of the title, yes, and she and she is angry about this, and she believes that it is the police who have burned it down for it to retaliate on her for, from their perspective, driving Woody Harrelson to shoot himself. Yes, uh, which you know he he shot he shot himself because he has cancer, but it's all wrapped up into man. There's a lot of plot in this. He shoots himself, but, uh, and, and, and and he's also incredibly sympathetic towards her. Right. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It's, it's a whole yeah. So, so he has killed himself, and, and the police are mad at her, and everyone's mad at her, so someone burns down the three billboards. We later learn that it is not the person that she thinks it is, but she thinks it's the police, so she uh, makes Molotov cocktails and uh, goes to burn down the police station, which seems ill-thought-out to me because this like is in one of those towns that doesn't really exist where all of the buildings are adjacent to one another, even though there's nothing else in the town. So it kind of seems like she's going to burn down the entire city with this move. But, okay, she's, she's going to somehow throw localized Molotov cocktails and burn down this whole police precinct. Unbeknownst to her, Sam Rockwell, as the mean uh, asshole cop guy, uh, has gone uh, having been suspended from being a cop uh, for being a racist asshole, uh, has gone back into the police station. Has well, well, no, Bob, 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 you, you need you need to step back from it. He wasn't suspended for yeah. being a racist asshole. That 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 part they were fine yeah. with. 
he he was suspended for beating right, yeah. up the ad agent that put up the billboards for her. Right. Yeah. And he, throwing he, him he out threw, a window. He threw the kid out the window. Right. So I'm I'm compressing so that I'm not reciting the entire plot of the film. <laughs> it's it's only about a twenty minute so, sequence in the center of the film. Well, no, but he so he is so she is going to burn down the police station because it's after dark and it's a small town. So you know this is symbolic revenge, and you know no one will get hurt, but. Unbeknownst to her, Sam Rockwell, who is sort of her nemesis at this point, but also sort of like he thinks he's her nemesis, but not really. Uh, she he has gone back into the police station to leave his keys there or something because he's been suspended. And when in, he finds a letter oh, that yeah. has been written to him by the his version of the suicide letter that Woody Harrelson has written. Uh, that's all about how he is actually a nice guy and should just keep working and he'll be a good cop and maybe try not to be so racist and all all of this stuff. Like, it's, it's actually kind of a, a sweet idea, kind of. Like, in a better movie, this is interesting. Uh, As spoken so she, by Woody so, Harrelson, it almost works. Well, yeah, because he's always good. Yeah. And, and Rockwell's always good and, and, every, and everyone is always good. So the police station is burning down around him, which he does not notice, even though if you've ever seen a Molotov cocktail work like that, that's actually a pretty loud thing to happen. You know, like, like gasoline makes a noise when it catches on fire. Well, he had his you know, Beats it's, headphones it's on, just, Bob. Well, right, yeah, he's got his... So he is in there grooving out to his music and uh, reading this thing, and the police station's burning down around him, and then he flips out and jumps out of it, and she goes, oh, shit, my arson is now accidentally a murder, and has to run, and then Peter Dinklage, who has a crush on her, comes around and tells me... Now, what I'm describing, if you have not seen this movie, you are probably assuming that this is pitched in some kind of, you know... Tongue in cheek, wacky, dark comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that. The, that the movie recognizes that this is absurd, and that these people are cartoon characters, and this situation is a Rube Goldberg device of unlikely coincidences, and that you know we're we're supposed to take away from this some kind of you know dark quasi nihilistic wow ain't like funny kind of thing. But the movie and the music and the acting and the editing plays this like it's the 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 kid getting shot with the invisible magic blanket and crash oh shit you know yeah like it plays exactly now again you know at, at the very least you know i i it, it's it's kind of in to make fun of crash for being crash but you know at least crash kind of like knows that that it's melodrama is melodrama and that it's funny scenes are funny you know like like th- this like i'm imagining in my head you know some different music and like uh, and like like if his headphones had come off and it was an ironic song and suddenly the whole thing is funny while everyone's scrambling around trying to figure out well wait a minute what exactly just happened here should be like a really big funny kind of you know bit in a dark comedy and probably the 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 beat that you would need given how dark all of the plot and events leading up to this moment are it, it almost feels like that should be what it goes to. You know, like, here's your cathartic release valve. This has gotten so dark that now it's absurd and you've just got to kind of fucking laugh at it. And the movie acts like this is the dramatic character-defining denouement. And then a couple, you know, scenes later, instead pays it off with a low-key joke about how, oh, actually, it was the ex-husband that burned the billboards because he was pissed off at her. And actually, this whole thing has been pointless. And it, it just... it. It feels like the, the, especially since the movie eventually arrives at the ending 
at some I'll shut up in a minute, I promise. At, at the at the ending <laughs> kind of arrives at such a sort of a like the the point that it gets to finally at the end, which it, it doesn't really come to a point. It sort of gets to a part where two characters might go off and do something good or bad or whatever, and sort of leaves off on a yeah, well, I guess things don't really get resolved and you just have to move on and deal because ain't life funny. The movie is way too overdramatic to, to have that as its pet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I That's agree. That's not the payoff for, for the sort of a movie. I agree. Huh. So now that we've completely so deflated that, yeah. three billboards again. <laughs> um, Great performances, though. Great performances. It was, and, th- and, th- and that was kind of the point yeah. I was trying to make is, you know, this movie... It was good to see that the movie that because every year we get this oh this movie's got great performances and they're the kind yeah. of great performances that the Oscar voters like so they're gonna take everything and all of these other movies are gonna get um, shot down um, case in point La La Land you know for for example um, yeah you know yeah. I'm glad that this movie got you know it, it got all the nominations and all the categories you'd expect it to but it only really won the ones that. It, if it was going to win them, it's going to win those. Um, now, a movie that I think deserved probably to take the awards that this movie took actually was Lady Bird. Mm. If you're going to give... Yeah, I, I, if I really like that Yeah, movie. if you're going to give a movie that, you know, is a performance-driven film that's actually also a, a brilliantly written movie, and again, not quite to the level of Get Out, but goddamn close... Um, you you and I did the Catholic school thing. I graduated from high school the year these kids are graduating from high school in this movie. This thing is mm-hmm. speaking way too close to me outside of the fact that I'm not a woman. Do you, you know what I mean? Other than that, I'm these these are the things I went through. These are the music I listened to. These were the things my friends were doing. I, I thought the movie was, yeah. was the complete polar opposite of what we just said about three billboards where it was like surrealistic and whimsical, but trying to exist in the real, real world. Lady Bird just felt real. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it, 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 it does. It's almost, it, it really felt real. And Laurie Metcalf and, um, I'm going to, Shorshi Ronan, uh, Sorsha. Sorsha. Sorry. I'm going to, I'm never going to get that right. And I've loved everything that girl's been in. Um, you, you know what you have to do is it, it's, it's the Sorsha phonetic, uh, spells yeah it's the non-phonetic spelling of the evil chick in uh in willow oh that's funny that's really yeah, funny because no, well, remember she's like i the the the, the actress in willow she uh, um oh shit what, what's the name of the 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 the, the, the villainous in bav morda bav morda yes is that willow bav morda yep. yeah bav morda's bav morda's daughter the the the, the chick general the red right. that, that gets hung up on, on val kimmer her name in the movie is sorsha and she's irish and i, I guess this is an irish and or gaelic name and, it's uh, definitely this, a gaelic is, name right. yeah but they, they they spelled it um phonetically in willow but like uh the way that uh, sarsha ronan spells it is the uh the the actual way and yeah, lady bird this is my understanding yeah Lady Bird, it's just, it, it's like that, it's like all of those movies that after, um after, uh, what's it called? Um, man, I'm botching things right now. Um, the movie with uh, Pedro for president. Come on. Oh, Napo- Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite and um, 
man, the the uh, the other sort of hipstery, silly teen comedy um, with the pregnant girl. Um, I wasn't. Juno. Yeah, Juno. Right. It, it's it's kind of like in the vein of those movies, but real and not as yeah. and and not played for whimsical offhanded jokes but it's that same vein that same genre of like this is just real people from an area that if you know them you're going to get all of these jokes and if not you kind of almost look out as a voyeur like really this is this is the shit that a teen girl would go through in this type of setting in this part of the country this doesn't make sense to me yeah. you know and um mm. it, i just thought it was wonderful um no i, I agree and i, I agree. think that deserved to take every acting award that three billboards actually took um, I can get I can get behind that, yeah, or at least a good portion of them. Um, it would have been great to see Sally Hawkins mm. win an award. Um, it would have been great to see uh, yeah. um, the entire cast of Get Out <laughs> win <laughs> awards. Um, I, so you for a movie that came out a lot earlier in the year, um, that also has a lot of controversy in the directing category, especially with fans of it and I know I think I know exactly who you're talking you probably know exactly who I'm talking about are um the fact that I still absolutely friggin love Christopher Nolan even though um, the majority of his fan base makes me very angry um I thought yeah, Dun- I, yeah. I thought Dunkirk was a great movie um I think Dunkirk's good yeah I, I watched it right before the Oscars um I hadn't gotten a chance to see it and um it it's one of those movies that it it it's the sum of it that really um really sells it right you take any like moment in that movie and it's like all right this is just a really well done like perfectly filmed you know history channel snippet you know there there's not mm. there's not a lot of background there's not a lot of character um it's just hey you know dunkirk we're going to drop you in the middle of dunkirk but once the movie culminates and uses its time sync craziness to kind of tell all the different stories i was completely enthralled by it and and i get that you know out of everything nominated for best picture you know there there's there's an argument about whether or not dunkirk deserves to be on there but for best director nolan deserved to be on that list he he didn't deserve the Mm -hmm. award the the man who won deserved the award and if not him jordan peele or um greta gerwig but yeah. This isn't like, again, like I said earlier with Shape of Water and Get Out, this isn't the, oh, now all of a sudden we hate Christopher Nolan because we picked another movie over his. The man's movie was nominated not. for Best Picture. He was nominated for Best Director, yeah. meaning that out of the hundreds of films that came out, these are the best. Well, why, why, yeah. Why, yeah. why do we have to turn this into a, you know, a pissing contest? I mean, I know that's what it is, but I mean, well, these movies are to be well, celebrated. You know but these movies are to be yeah. celebrated. This isn't a... Mm-mm. I don't know. I I'm just finding that I, I if you if you take the art and the great things in the world as one of the aside from family as one of the only things you really have left to make us happy, why turn it into a big negative thing? You know, because some people want to fight, Chris. I know that. I'm just trying that. That's my statement for the evening. Okay. <laughs> what else? What, what else is there to talk about? Big at the Oscars. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, he blew ass this year. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was fine last year because he just did a hosty thing and didn't really do much. But man, 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 man. Mm. 
uh, with with the year we've had, you know, they, with everything going on, that I'm not going to try to even pretend that I'm some sort of person who should speak on. He, not not the right guy to be explaining to us the the year that women have had, in in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he J- Jimmy has done a lot of good things. He really year. has. He's, I he's, I like Jimmy Kimmel. I just he, don't think he did a very he, good job hosting. No, they well they they need to rethink the way they do this whole show. They're still doing the same show. Like the nominees are different, but they're still doing the same show that they've always been doing. And you know the the ratings are down again uh, for 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 this one, which is weird to me because they actually did nominate you know movies people had seen, and it was still yeah I don't know I I I feel like they have to do something else to get people interested in the you know watching the show and and the the figuring out who won and who didn't. And, you know, people who are not, like, you know, following film Twitter all the time. Like, you know, other people to, you know, tune in and be excited to find out what actually wins here. And I don't know uh, what else they do. Maybe they have to nominate something even bigger. You know, maybe if, maybe if as many people seem to think, I, I don't know if I'm there yet. I hope, but I'm not there. If, if uh, next year is the year that uh, one of the Marvel movies finally gets nominated because of uh, Black Panther... I can't imagine that that's not a giant ratings boost because there's been, you know, that this is, there's been such a whole thing of why don't the big superhero movies ever get nominated? Uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I think that the thing is, if they nominate it, it kind of has to win. Because, yeah, if, if uh, you if you nominate Black you know, Panther and don't give it the award, um, that that portion it it it's just not going to be a good scene. <laughs> well, it depends on what it depends on what else is in there, but it's it's like when they nominated uh, Heath Ledger for The Dark Knight. If they didn't give him that, yeah, award, there's that just there's the there's just too much behind it. You know what I mean? And and, and again, yeah. one could say, okay, then why not the same thing with um, all the money in the world? It's like don't even no, it's not the same thing. You know what I mean? That that's a that, that's amazing yeah. in and of itself that they turned out a watchable movie. <laughs> you know um well yeah no no it's well it, it's not just that it like i'm not saying oh you know people will be you know really really eager for black panther to win an oscar just because like yes there's like the marvel fan contingent that would just love to see uh any of the marvel cinematic universe win an academy award so that that can be part of the story forever and ever uh but now, I feel like even if Black Panther had been made and was not part of this, just the fact that this is like this huge blockbuster with a mostly black cast, black director, etc., I, I think at that point, people would still be looking at this saying, you have to nominate this, you know, this guy went in and, you know, made black Star Wars, basically, and... Uh, you well, kind of have to give some kind of recognition to that. Well, well now that we're talking about it, now he, he made Black Star Wars, Black James Bond, Black Lord of the Rings. Black Lord of the Rings, yeah. Um, th- there's a couple other ones in there, too. <laughs> um, yeah, right. <laughs> without it, and, and you know what? I mean, we're going to transition in, I guess, from there. It's the perfect time to do it, because this is the Tangent Podcast, yeah, sure. and we tangent. But I have finally seen Black Panther, and i got to say... People give the Marvel movies a lot of crap, and I don't think it's deserving. Mm. I think it's the same amount of crap you'd give to anything. I mean, think think about it this way: How many Star Wars films have we act, had? We actually had, you know, at one point in time before people started saying the Star Wars formula was tired. 
how many James Bond movies did it take? Well, there's a shitload of those, so let's leave that one off to the side. But, you know, usually we don't get more than one or two good of any property. Any property in our lifetimes. Because Hollywood is so eager to do more. To go bigger. To go bigger. The fact that there's even three quarters of the Marvel movies that are as good and not just rehashes as there are is a testament. The fact that there's more than three of them is a testament. So step away mm-hmm. for a minute and let's say I've never seen one of these superhero movies before. And, and, and I'll use this story um, from actually watching the film. I went to see it on my birthday. We went to Cinema Salem, one of my personal favorite theaters. I know it's one of yours because you gave them money to help keep the... Uh, their projectors or upgrade their projectors. Your name comes up at the beginning of every movie. And anyhow, we watch it. It's great. Crowd is standing up and cheering at the end, which is not necessarily the common anymore when going to see a movie. And goddamn, there's these two nicely dressed up with like, you know, their pantsuits and their brooches, elderly white women sitting behind us. And they tap my friend on the shoulder and say, hey, what other movies are like this? This seems this seems to be talking about some other things that I should have seen. And they honestly didn't know. But this movie made them want to see the other Marvel movies. But yeah. that, that's amazing, right? That this That this movie can be so damn good that it makes these people want to see something else. I, I thought was great. Now, me, having seen all the other ones, people get into the, oh, it's the same, it's this or that, it's the other thing. This was a fantastic movie in its own right. I mean, this the goddamn ambition on this thing. Like we said, they, they made a Black James Bond, Black Lord of the Rings, Black Star Wars. It had all of those parts and also had a story that was poignant. And they did it all without having slurs, without having... um any real negative stereotypes in the movie at all you know so the the movie the movie rarely went into the exploitation ballpark in any sense do you know what i mean and to pull all of that off and still have a poignant message blows my mind you know and again as as two you know (laughs) upper middle class white guys i don't know what else i really have to say more about how important Black Panther is other than it's a goddamn great superhero movie. And like you said before, if it's kind of like with the dark Knight, this could be Marvel's dark Knight. Let's, let's just, let's just say it there. It, it's a movie that if it's you, up there, yeah, cause, cause the dark Knight, the whole big point, the whole big, amazing thing with that movie is you take Batman, you take the Joker, you take all of this out of it. And it's still a great movie. And that's the exact same thing as the black Panther. Leave out the fact that this guy's a superhero. You know, it, mm. it is it is now the highest grossing origin story of all time, right? That's 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 uh, true is, as of today, at least domestically. Uh, I don't know about uh, adjusted for inflation. It's the I mean, it's it's the latest one to do a billion dollars. It's probably going to end up being the most pro- the the most profitable, highest grossing of the Marvel movies. Uh, it it may well be the first. Uh, it may it may well end up being the I don't know how they do the math because he he like he showed up first in Civil War. It might be the uh, the highest grossing you know solo superhero movie, but it, it's heading right now toward being maybe the biggest one. Just period. Yeah, 
it's and like, and, like and no, it, no no one really knows where the ceiling is here and it, and it deserves it i mean j- just as with wonder woman wonder woman is an incredible 90 percent of a film it, it, it loses its traction at the end i still love the hell out of it there's not really a point where black panther drops the ball it, it no, other, uh, other other than that i just want to see more of it right now you know it and and not not to take anything away from wonder woman wonder woman is an important great film the scenes that need to speak to the audience and mean something all do but black panther doesn't stop like you said it just being a great superhero movie it's it's a great science fiction film it's a great espionage movie it's a great mm. dramatic movie about you know um just what it's about you know it it has a very important message and i uh god you couldn't have even prepared me when you told me how good it was for how good it was i'll i'll just say that yeah it it's really something it's really something and i have not seen any other movies ryan coogler has made yet i own creed i haven't yes, watched have. creed i haven't no i haven't i thought you watched creed no i haven't seen it yet i own it i haven't watched it oh i could have i could have sworn you'd seen creed no and I I'm I'm even oh. more excited to watch Creed. Okay, but um. So did you buy Creed or did someone give it? Yeah, uh, we got it as a Christmas gift. We asked for it and just haven't watched it. Oh, okay. I'm. Oh, you should watch Creed. I mean, I I I love every other Rocky movie, so I can't expect to not. But now I'm I'm really excited for how great it really could be, like even more yeah. so. And Fruitvale Station's the other one I need to see. Because this is just yes, a, this is third film. Uh, it's the third feature. He's done shorts and he's done uh, videos. I think a couple ads. He's 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 pretty young. He's a a a, a USC grad, so he, uh, he's he's pretty young. Like he like he he's he's a new guy. Wow. Yeah, it's just a great movie. It, you know, it, it's awesome that I, as as someone said, the Tolkien white guys being Andy Circus, <laughs> Andy Circus, and um, yeah, what's his name, Bilbo there, Martin Martin Freeman. Freeman. Who are both fantastic gods. Yeah. Circus looks like he's having the time of his life. And it's a damn yeah. shame. Uh, we'll, we'll just say it. it's a damn shame he probably won't be in any more of these. We'll just leave it at that. And um, mm. and Martin Freeman is actually the, the very competent character who is then the minority in the film that still has to be told how to do everything by everybody, even though there are things he's already good at. I thought that was a great little nod, little wink. It was very well done, um, and yeah, he comes out uh, and he yeah, comes out on top too. It's not like no one's really shat on, you know. Yeah, I, and I I love that the the even though the the villain in Michael B. Jordan, holy mm-hmm. fucking hell, I've yeah. I've always kind of known with that guy, but this is a very He's nuanced good. performance, right? This could have been very one note. It could have been very yeah. one note, yeah. just angry and. Instead, the the movie goes so far to say that your your hero is actually upholding traditions and laws and rules that are wrong, and they're actually worse for yeah. his people. And the villain is actually right; he's just going about it the wrong way. And it's like, holy crap! Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> like, yeah, it, yeah, you know, uh, they they did. I had, I mean, from from the trailers for it, you kind of have the sense. If you've seen the trailers, that I mean, like the the way that it's paced out in the movie, they clearly want you to think that uh, Clow uh, Andy Circus is the uh, the the real bad guy 
because he seems like the bad guy. He's got a connection to the lore. He's the main villain from the Black Panther comics. He's got, like, the big fancy thing that he does. And that uh, Michael B. Jordan is, like, a, a sidekick to him or maybe someone who will turn on him at some point. Uh, and they do a really good job of, of building that. Plus, Circus is playing it way over the top. He's much more the traditional sort of supervillain. He has all the catchphrases, and he's wacky, and he has the crazy weapon arm thing. And uh, and and Circus got really big for this. He got like, huge. It, it's kind of, <laughs> like, it, it's, sort, it, it's sort of absurd, because, like, you know, people... Because I don't think a lot of people, you know, have, have really seen Andy Circus when he's not a cartoon yeah. So, you know, like, but but what they know of him is because, you know, it's like, oh, he's a motion capture performer. He probably has the same kind of build that those guys tend to have, which is they look like, you know, circus performers. They're no, like really live guys. That's the weirdest thing. And, and, about Andy Circus is actually a pretty bulky guy that just can move like a circus performer. And that's the... Yeah, well, but, but well, but they, they got him into... Well, like the other guy who does the apes, too, what, uh, uh, Terry Notary. Yeah. Is 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 a beast as well. Circus, like, he in the, he's the muscle. Circus looked yeah. like he stepped off a WWE like episode in this fucking movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, he yeah he 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 looked like well because it, it's good misdirection because he's like oh hey here here's uh, this guy this guy clearly you know has been lifting like five minutes before we shot this so obviously we've he's done this because he has to be some kind of physical match for the Black Panther at some point and then no not really. This is a this is a different thing, and it's 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 just so inter like the I I remember getting a sense of of what this movie might be when seeing the trailers and seeing how much emphasis was being placed on everyone aside from Black Panther. Yes, and and I think that apart from I mean, there's a million and one things that that can be you know, looked at of what this does right versus other movies and, you know, through a, a racial lens and a cultural lens and all of the ways that, you know, for what everyone says, he's like, no, everyone can tell every sort of bullshit. This, this would not have been, you know, no, the, the best white director or, and, and writer and such in the world just would not have the, you know, j just the, the understanding and insight to, to do this and, and to have this particular sort of fanciful idea uh, of this approach to the material, because really this is a, a thousand times more faithful of an adaptation to the, the, the mythos of Black Panther as it was laid out way back in the 60s in somewhat dated, uncomfortable ways by, you know, multiple white comic book artists and writers. I mean that this is a Stan Lee and Jack Kirby creation, and it's it's all of the same stuff. It's just a little more like it was written by white guys in the '60s. Uh, you know, still interesting, but you know, kind of there. And what fascinated me about it was it's every, at this point, no one knows when when the Marvel thing actually slows down, if it if it does, or if this is just the world now. But the thing that that is always a concern whenever they're going to do another one of these guys is that not all of them are necessarily the most innovative thing ever as, like, characters. And when you look at Black Panther, okay, yes, he is black, that is different, he, he's an African prince, cool, awesome. Uh, but, like, in terms of the the action and what you can do with him, you know, his... his uh, the neutral plot beats part of his story is similar to Thor 
And the power set is, well, he has a black body stocking and panther claws, and he does martial arts, and he's bulletproof. And it's just kind of like, okay, we, we've seen versions of that, what do you do with it? And it looks like the decision on this one was, well, okay, yes, you've seen all that stuff before, but he's also got this whole, the world that justifies his existence, uh, you know, of Wakanda, and this whole alternate history, and the hidden civilization, and, and all of that... And it looks like someone looked at that and said, you know, we've done a million of these movies where a guy in, in a unitard, you know, like flips cars over, but no one ever did uh, basically an, an Afrofuturist, you know, sci-fi fantasy epic. Why not just do that? Like, the Black Panther leaves this movie for about, like, 20 minutes, and, like, you care because his, his story's important, but... It's not like there aren't a dozen other characters filling this in and being interesting and having their own stories going, and it, it's just that, like that. This is why I say that's it, the other thing yeah, you take just it said. From, yeah, like what other movie, drama, um, comedy, action, sci-fi, any this year or in the last five years have had a cast so large? All mm-hmm. were showing up, and you're seeing almost all of them for the first time, and they all yeah. have near, nearly full, perfect character arcs under two and a half hours. Do you know what I yeah, mean? It's like that's a hard yeah. thing to do in a movie where you also don't have all of this other stuff to push and all of these other story right. beats to do. You know, that's hard to do with just 12 people in a room talking yeah you know yeah the avengers is one of the last times i've really seen that work all that well and this mm. quite frankly is a better movie i think yeah i think so i i yeah and i love I the avengers the Marvel movie that's better than the first avengers but yeah. but it also feels the most like the first avengers in that it's doing it's doing multiple jobs it's not just a big superhero epic. It's getting people invested. It's talking directly to the audience and getting them invested in characters that are written realistically and cleverly and not just, not just for throwaway gags. You know, this, this movie is there. The, you know, um, was it, was it black Panther's sister? Who's the smartest woman in the universe? Uh, Sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, think, think about, the amount of human beings that character speaks to and the fact that they gave mm-hmm. her so much screen time and let her be so awesome, you know, and, and be so strong and be so important to the story in a movie called Black Panther, which, like you said, should just be about this guy. But he's he's, yeah. he's basically the villain in his movie. He's not doing bad things. It's just he's he, he has to learn for his entire society, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. And it's, and it's, again, uh... and again, we said before about Michael B. Jordan. Again, a villain who's presented as a villain, but also we're told he's a villain, but happens to be very, very good at what he did when he was doing a real job in, you know, the armed forces. So the yeah. way that he comes and takes over Wakanda, he's doing it. And then starts going after the world in a way that when, when they're looking at, well, this is exactly what Special Forces does because he's damn proficient at his job. Not because yeah. he, they, they don't, the movie doesn't go out of the way to make him seem 
worse than what we've already seen him do. The movie doesn't go, oh, and he's fucking crazy psycho, and he's doing all these things. It's like, no, no, no. He was trained to do a very specific thing that he is very fucking good at. Yeah. Even even uh, the villain, even the villain is lifted. You know what I mean? And and put on Mm. a pedestal of, and they were damn good at at what they set out to do. And it's just like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, like I... Going into to, to see the the movie for the first time at the the screening, and I saw this at, at an early screening with a bunch of uh, a bunch of critics, and then I saw it again with an audience because the first one was just critics, and I wanted to see what the what the difference was. Uh, spoiler: different, very different. <laughs> but uh, you know, the the critics all enjoyed it. Uh, the audience really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, but what what struck me just just watching from my own perspective of the first time when it was going through was. First off, there's something about, like, some movies, you know they're good right away, and uh, this remind like, the is, is that the minute that it kicks into the beginning when they're doing the, you know, the history of what kind of thing, like, this is just an animated opening thing to, to explain how stuff works, and I immediately went, this is, this is going to be good. This, this works. Some, it, it's, and it reminded me of nothing so much as you know going to see the the first lord of the rings the fellowship yes exactly uh, when you're waiting to see how the tone is going to be you're waiting to see and and you can just tell minutes in that they nailed it well not not even minutes because like we again like people forget this back when the the first lord of the rings came out which is at this point almost 20 years ago and holy shit (laughs) i'm so old holy shit uh, so the lord of the yeah, so the Lord of the Rings was almost twenty years ago, and holy uh, that's shit, a no- that that's a nostalgia movie for people who are going into college this year. I but, I saw uh, the third one when I was in college. Yeah, but that was only three years after the first one, and uh, but, two years shit. But so the I, I was in high school back then. Yeah. yeah, when did the first Lord of the Rings come out? Two thousand one. 2001, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's two, it might have been 2000. Yeah. It was it was after 9/11. I know that because there was that whole discussion of whether or not they'd change the title on the second one. Holy but, fuck. But uh yeah. So, I remember back then, you know, all the way back then, uh you would not get nearly as much early look at you know, movies other than the trailers and stuff, unless you really went digging for it and, like, went to the official site and read through all kinds of stuff. The most stuff I found uh, on Lord of the Rings was the couple of entertainment weeklies they did. That was about it. Right, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, like, waiting to go see the swing saying, you know, okay, this is the first time anyone's taken a swing at this in live action. Is this going to work? Did they pull it off? Is this good? And, like, the movie head and, like... Even before before we see a damn thing in the movie, just the 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 the, the violin strings on the the score comes up, and uh, Kate Blanchett starts speaking in uh, uh, Elvish, and I immediately just kind of went, "Yep, this this is working. This is this it, is working." They did. It was they, they it was a when, works. This it was a Wednesday good. night. I was still in high school. I went to bowling league, which I happened to be in with all the drunken fishermen at the Lucky Strike in downtown Lynn. <laughs> you and I went and saw a nine forty five show. And our movie, about 45 minutes into it, got hit with a uh, um, fire drill because someone in the food court had overheated something. And so we got pushed out. We lost a half an hour. We went back in, finished the movie, and then we got free passes to go and see it again. So you and I woke up the next day, and I took school off, and we went and saw the movie again at 11 a.m. And I'm back. Mm. 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those movies no, no, were very, no, very, very no. important. <laughs> they, they, they were. And what what also remind what also felt similar about Black Panther to Lord of the Rings uh, to me. And I'm I'm using Lord of the Rings as a reference point, other than uh, rather than Star Wars, because I was not alive when the first Star Wars came out, so I don't know what it was like to watch that come out with only a vague understanding of things and whether or not you knew it was working. But I remember watching through Lord of the Rings, being in there with that uh, because I wasn't a professional critic then, you know, with uh, just a regular audience on opening night or close to it, and you know, a lot of the audience had not seen them had well maybe obviously not seen the movie but had not necessarily like weren't obsessed with the books weren't all fans and when certain characters who really connected would show up and uh the audience would immediately go yup okay like i'm on board i like this guy and it's just because they're well presented like uh, uh orlando bloom legolas shows up for the first time and the audience kind of goes yep okay all right this guy's cool you know we, we see Gimli the first time when he tries to smash the ring with the axe and everyone goes oh okay all well, right that's, yep, that guy's funny that this that's, is good that's this relationship how, works that's how you transcend right that's how you make a movie yeah. bring i mean how is it that we exist in a world where the lord of the rings was a cultural event outside of me and you and my friends that watch movies and play Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like, quite honestly, <laughs> the fact that the yeah. Lord of the Rings being nominated for an Academy Award drew the crowd that it did, you know, is is a testament to that. Like, it, you make it into an event not by diminishing the source material, but by making the audience understand why people already love this character. Do you know mm. what I mean? That's why the first Iron Man yeah. worked so well. The first time you see Tony Stark, it just oozes, this is a character you're supposed to like and hate. This is someone that's supposed... Superman. The original Richard Donner Superman movies, they they earn Superman yeah. the same way. Wonder Woman in the, the trench scene in World War II. Yeah. You know, these movies have these scenes not to pander but to let a wide audience know this is why you're supposed to like this person. Um, you were saying, you know, you you weren't alive for Star Wars. I've, I've been alive three years less than you. But watching Black Panther as it started, I didn't think of any other superhero movie that I had seen. You know, this movie mm. didn't, it, it did, unlike the other Marvel movies, which are, are resonating to make you go, hey, this is supposed to make you think of the last one. Black Panther really feels like a standalone thing. Like it, it's moving, it the, it's it moving the story along, and it, it, it has the it characters. I, but yeah. I thought of Conan the Barbarian. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I I thought of yeah. Yeah. I thought of um, I thought of the very first time I saw Labyrinth, the very first mm, time I mm. saw the Dark Crystal. This movie had yeah. a mythos and a history in the first five minutes of them talking that. I'm being dropped into a world. I'm not being shown everything this world has to offer. And that's all I get. And yeah. that's what the Lord of the Rings felt like, you know, and that's what I imagined star Wars felt like, you know, in the theater when you first sit down and, and, and saw it, you know? Um, yeah. I, instead of, instead I, of trying to resonate with a feeling you already have, this is trying to generate new feelings. This is trying to make you buy into something new. And it, it owns that. It really does. Mm. 
yeah, I, I, I almost like I know this is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that they've got at the very least they'll make like three of these and do cameos and whatnot. But it really feels like they could probably like spin off an entire different studio that only makes you know yearly movies taking place in Wakanda, and just have this be another franchise that occasionally bumps into Marvel. Like there's five or six movies you could probably make here that you don't even need T'Challa to stand around for. Uh, Absolutely. I, I rem- like, I, I recall, you know, going back to the, you know, when when do I know that this is working, I had a feeling with the critics, but definitely with the audiences when, uh, you know, because, the, like, from the trailers, you know that, okay, you know, obviously Black Panther will, will be compelling because if he's not, the movie wouldn't work and there wouldn't be all this hype for it. People are going to like Shuri because, you know, she's fun and, and that looks like uh, this is something that they're uh, waiting for. Michael B. Jordan obviously is going to be a big deal. Because he's been, you know, like the the he's been the next big thing for about like two years now. Building like when's he gonna explode? And and now he seems to finally be there. Uh, what struck me was even like miners of like the the first time uh, when uh, Denigora shows shows up, and I, I'm I'm saying that wrong, right? Uh, I the, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. Denigoria Deni, uh, as uh, Okoye. And, uh, you know, shows up and, imme- like, you know, within two lines of dialogue is immediately, the crowd absolutely loves her, thinks she's, thinks she's delightful. Um, even when, uh, when they get to the, the challenge day thing and the, the Jabari guys show up. And, now, first off, just, just for context, for people who are not fans of, of Black Panther, in the comics, like, his secondary main bad guy is, is uh, the, in this one, the, the character played by Winston Duke, Umbaku, is uh, in the comics exists as a character and he's one of the principal Black Panther villains and in that one he's a straight up bad guy who dresses like a giant white gorilla and is called the Man Ape. Obviously yeah. that was not n- now now not only was that was that not going to make it into any version of this movie in 2018 I like the first thing when they said that they were going to do this I said well obviously this character will never make it into the movie, and instead he makes it into the movie, and is one of the he's, also one of the most compelling things in the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he, he he shows up, and you know, like these guys come, and these are the 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 scary guys. These are the the whole tribe that's just really, really big, loud, scary, strong guys. And well, they're they're they they're, they're Wakanda's it, like Quakers. Or, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, we don't yeah, want your technology. We're going to go hang out up in the hills and, you know, not have yeah, your they're, radios they're, yeah. and your... your. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like us. They're, they're like muscle guy aesthetic monks. Yeah. And, and, they're, and, they're all about, and they're all about gorillas instead of about panthers and whatnot. But they show up and in, in any other movie that's ever been made, immediately these would be the the bad guys and you'd know that immediately because you know let's not you know mince words here even in movies made made by hollywood with large black casts if you want to find who's going to be you know either the villain or complicated in some way it will be the really big intimidating dark-skinned black men it's just it's what the industry does that's the stereotype and that's what the jabari largely are and they show up and they're antagonists at first, but they're, they have a real sense of character. And even though you don't want him to win in that challenge fight, the audience clearly, it's like, okay, these guys are cool. These are there. And when they show back up in the movie, everyone is really glad that they're back. 
And when, you know, they, they kind of turn around and do the, oh, hey, we, we thought uh, Mbako would, would be kind of a dick about this, but actually he's, you know, a decent dude and he's going to help us and becomes one of the heroes of the thing. That's a big fucking deal. I, I also I a, also love... a great turn. I also love that unlike Superman and unlike the Matrix films after the first one, we get a character that we're introduced to in Captain America Civil War that's already for all intents and purposes, indestructible, right? Yeah. Who then were shown in tradition and no one can step in and screw with this has to have their, mm-hmm. their given right to this power taken away so they can yeah. meet someone in a man-on-man, hand-to-hand combat fight. And no mm-hmm. matter what, they have to adhere to that. The level mm, of... yeah. In, and this is this is why I think back to like the Conans and movies like that. This this like machismo, like you know, um, um, pride type of thing is also very apparent in this movie, but also in a new, refreshing, not really um, vile or toxic kind of a way. And like the yeah, this is the tradition they kind of need to step past, but also they adhere to it and its rules. And even when Michael B. Jordan comes in you know, and ends up taking the throne. It's like, you know, it's not, it it comes off as bad that it happened, but it's not, you know, it's not like this giant, like earth shattering, like terrible thing. It's like, okay, no, the people kind of are accepting of it, you know? And it's, it's really interesting that they went that deep with all of that. They didn't have to, they really didn't have to. And, and they did anyway. And the, the script is great. The leaving out key points of a narrative that don't feel like a cheat to kind of give us the reveal of mm-hmm. what was going on in those initial scenes that we see um, are great. And the payoff is amazing. Um, it, it just it's it's a through and through brilliantly handled movie. And, and this is why you I hope we see more Academy Award nominated directors making making our genre films. Um, I, mean, I, I, I agree. No, no. N- Somehow Jordan Peele and um, Ryan Coogler, one or two movies out of the gate are are hitting home runs, um, but it's, it's mm. really impressive. It's it's really impressive, um, and 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 I love seeing it. I, I like I like that kind of the the turn is going more towards this and not the grabbing up little indie guys that really haven't done much to make our big budget movies. It's the really finding people that have proven themselves to do these big budget movies. I mean, look at how well it worked out with Thor. Mm. I mean, I, I don't think Waititi has directed a movie that cost more than $3 million up until Thor. No. Right? No. And I just saw that, and holy crap. I mean, is is it Black Panther? Isn't that right? Is, is it Black Panther? No. It, it's not Black no. Panther. But is it a great, silly, over-the-top, bright, crazy 80s throwback insane Thor movie yes it is and it also has a very poignant message as well somehow yeah in all of that comedy and silliness in in some in some respects it's a lot uh darker or at least more maybe not darker but at least more like like an edgier sort sort of uh like 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 whereas like uh Black Panther is sort of uh it, it where it builds to is this, uh, you know, very 
like forward looking, you know, we must engage with the world and, and get along and, and whatnot. You know, Thor Ragnarok is off on its, you know, building itself about an entirely different type of society, an entirely different ending. And like, you know, the, the payoff on, on that one is of a pretty dark place to take it in terms of, hey, you know, maybe if you build a whole civilization on having done bad stuff, you never actually get to be the good guys from that, and it's not the worst thing if, therefore, it falls apart. It's not the worst thing is, if is the world pretty... comes, if the universe comes and takes that away from you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, uh, it's, you know, not not to put too fine a pin in it, but is it's one of those things that says, you know, maybe this, maybe all of this stuff isn't worth preserving, even if you've tried to become the better version of it. Like how, and, and how, that, that's a little dark. How ballsy is it that you put freaking yeah. Odin in your movie? And, yeah. and, and you have Anthony Hopkins, who out of the three movies looks like he's having the most, he's having the most personal attachment to this character I think out of out of the three movies in, in this yeah. one and he just is revealed and again this will be spoiler alert again to have you know basically spent the majority of the time before Thor is around um, killing people and destroying civilizations to take over the universe with his daughter and whoops, right, oh yeah. yeah, I screwed up, and now she's the angel of death. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, th- those reveals are crazy. That, that, that'd that be like, mm. you know, revealing that, you know, Superman's family on Krypton were, you know, basically the Krypton equivalent of Nazis, you know? <laughs> I think they've done that. I think they've done that a few times. Have they? It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they've done Krypton is actually bad, like, several times, and it never quite takes. Huh. But, uh, yeah, this this is... Yeah, you know, Ragnarok is, it's fascinating, and, and I know that, like, you know, some of it is, seems to come from, you know, the, this is Marvel kind of reordering itself, because it was very clear, uh, when the, 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 the Marvel Universe cycle thing, uh, started up, that they preloaded a whole bunch of, okay, you know, Thor is going to be the big center of our cosmic universe because it's the big idea, and we'll just throw all kinds of stuff into the the background of the treasure vault and that whole universe, and so then this will be where we explain everything's from. And, you know, since then, they've been acquired by Disney and become the biggest thing in pop culture on the planet, and that's kind of flipped around to, hey, you know, now uh, maybe we can find much more interesting ways to introduce everything. So this has to kind of now clear the deck of all of the Thor stuff that is now no longer going to be as important now that we have Guardians of the Galaxy and Black Panther and Captain Marvel and all of this other stuff that can tie things together. And they find a very uh, a fun way to do it, but they also manage to yank, you know, a, a kind of poignant idea out of it about, you know, what... What is, you know, if, if Thor's whole thing is I have to protect the existence of Asgard, what does that mean? You know, what, what will it mean for him to be, uh, like, you know, the, the first movie was all about, hey, you, you won't even be as good a king as uh, Odin. And the second one is, you know, maybe you'll be, and, you know, maybe you'll be a better one. And now this one is, okay, what, what does Thor, you know, how does Thor be the better version of this whole thing that is his legacy, and they they come to a real interesting place to do it 
regardless of whether or not it's mainly there to cut out all of the stuff that it turned out no one actually cared about from the Thor franchise. It's it's really interesting that they found more poignancy out of yeah. out of the not serious one in Guardians of the Galaxy than they ended mm. up pulling out of even though I I actually quite like all three Thor movies. I know the second one. I, like th- I know the second one's crapped on. I still enjoy it. It's it's kind of a mess, but I really like it. Yeah. And um but this this one is definitely the best of its franchise even though the first Thor just has so much fun being what it is. You know, um mm. but them realizing that Chris Hemsworth is one of the very best jokey improv um, comic delivery people they have in their stead. He's just hilarious. He's absolutely hilarious. And the the super serious to the point of whimsy goes really well in this one. Um, mm. I, uh, I really loved him and um, Bruce Banner and him and Hulk in this. Yeah, Hulk, that's a riot. Hulk's better than Hulk has ever been. In, in one of mm-hmm. these movies, um, it, it it's just great. It is it as poignant and as important as Black Panther? No, but is it awesome? Yes, it is. And it's it's great to see yeah. the creator well, and, of Flight yeah. of the Concords making a multi million dollar mm. movie. Yeah, you know, and and you know, outside of you know, yes, it, it is pointing meaningful. It's also funny as hell. It has great performances. It introduces just. You know, so many fun new characters. You know, the the Hulk is almost a completely different version of the Hulk. Yeah, it's great. Then, we, then we've seen it's he's he he and Mark Ruffalo have grown so much as characters at this point to to be like it. It if the Hulk was this different from the last Avengers movie to what he is now in the comics, that they would have like it would have been one of the times they made him a different color so that yeah uh, so that they can call this an official new thing, and it it's. It's a different Hulk than we've even seen in the comics, you know, just just kind of being, yeah, he's the Hulk and he's angry and kind of dumb, but he's, you know, sort of fun. And, I, and I, like is, the, is I like the like, Hulk, okay, Hulk but... stop, we have to go, but big monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, it's it's great. And, and they do a really good job, and this is such a tightrope to walk of so much of the movie is making fun of the fact that that all of the stuff that you have to do, not just in Marvel movies, but in any movie like this, is so played out and so nobody cares. And, and I mean, and it seems like a simple joke to hit, but they they open the movie with, you know, a bad guy monologuing about how he's the ultimate bad guy and laying out all the lore and explaining how the movie's going to work uh, before, like, a big fight with Thor. And the movie is just takes that opportunity to just completely shit on how tired of this bullshit we are. Uh, you know, we have this giant, uh, the, like, it, it would be one thing to, it would be ballsy enough to pitch one of these movies as, you know, Thor, Ragnarok, you know, Ragnarok meaning the end of everything, and then have that be the ending and play that as a joke about how, the end of the world is no longer a stake that anyone cares about in these movies because you know it's just going to either come back together or not get hurt, and it's just a thing, and we've seen the world, quote-unquote, almost end a hundred times now. Doing that as a joke, where this big monster is destroying Asgard and fulfilling his destiny, and everyone cleared the hell out and and just doesn't care, just, yeah, okay, have fun, Surtur, like, is funny enough. But doing it and then saying, okay, but what is a big sort of 
sociopolitical point we can make for that is fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't yeah, quite it, see what it was culminating to and when it did, I was quite impressed. Um Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really something. And, and it as Jeff Goldblum. Jeff yes, Jeff Goldblum at, at his at his Jeff Goldblumist. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. in fact if We've spoiled enough about the movie. I'm not going to let any... You just need to... If you love Jeff Goldblum... Yeah. <laughs> you will continue to love him. Yeah. He, he looks like he's having more fun than he's had since... I don't know. Before the first Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let's say. Yeah, no. He... he J- Jeff Jeff Goldblum's uh, like screen... His actual persona and presence has fully evolved into and been taken over by his mimetic presence as, you know, a, a shareable gif on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum is now Jeff Goldblum in, in quotation marks. Yes. And, and Hey, good for him. You no, know, he, I, I think it's great. He's worked an awful long time. And it makes me, as, it makes uh, me even more intrigued by where they could possibly go with Jurassic world you know, vol- volcanoes and dinosaurs and stuff or whatever that movie yeah, is. Yeah. Um, I, 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 w- I want to see it. I, I, I still, I still want to see it. I still liked the last one. I want to see uh, Jurassic world, the fallen kingdom. I think it looks balls nuts and uh, you know, I'm, I'm on board. You like, know, it's, like I said on the last one, Bob, it, if, if it's just as good as Kong skull Island, it's yeah. already better than Jurassic world. And I love Jurassic world. Uh, it, <laughs> I, look, you, you know I, what I, I mean? You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll take uh, you know is like uh, like yeah granted yes uh, the first one does look like okay this is the bigger louder dumber version of Jurassic Park and we are making fun of that fact but we're also still doing it is okay all right that's that's a thing and this looks like same but Lost World yeah which like it which like it, which again it, 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 which again looks, lest we yeah. forget Jurassic World is better than the Lost World. I just need yeah. to keep well, saying I mean, that. Even Sorry, like Fallen King. Yeah. Yeah. No, F- Fallen Kingdom looks like the Lost World, but they did what everyone thought they should have done with the Lost World anyway, which is get the hell off the island really soon, and then do the whole movie with the T Rex in in Los Angeles, which is awesome and, in my opinion. And still. I, and I end up apparently the third one that has already been greenlit is uh, based on. Uh, whatever the hell Colin Trevorrow's original pitch for let's reboot let's let's do Jurassic Park again and I really hope because they teased a lot in uh, the first Jurassic World that we were going to get uh, like dinosaur soldiers oh yeah that was his pitch wasn't it well well no like well years ago years like and I'm talking this is like 15 years old at this point but this is one of the famous unmade movies was they had John Sayles uh they they said look everyone we're trying to get Jurassic Park 4 off uh give us your 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 biggest outside the park pitch for a Jurassic Park sequel and uh John's I think it was John Sayles it was either John Sayles or uh, someone, uh, someone else, but someone like that, someone who's a really good writer, who's also a script doctor on movies that you wouldn't think they are, uh, like Gary Fisher, for example. Wasn't it Mulcahy? No, it was not Mul- It was not Russell Mulcahy. Oh, okay. No, John Sills no, is probably right. Ru- Don't mind me. No, no. Ru- Russell Mulcahy has never once been working at a level where they would let him anywhere near a Jurassic Park. Movie, That's a good point. That's a good point. But, but. Uh, 
no, the, like the the pitch on this was that it would be a whole new bunch of characters, and they were going to send a guy back to the island to get the Barbasol can, uh, so that uh, so that they could, uh, well, use it. You know, so that they could take the the embryos out of that and and make more dinosaurs. And what they end up making in it is crossbred human intelligence level like raptor t-rex hybrids that are like about as tall as a human and can i think they can talk i want to say they can talk and they give them like nicknames and they turn them into like a paramilitary unit and they go and fight like colombian drug lords wow it's clear that this was like and it's clear that this was pitched as something that would never ever get made but maybe uh you know maybe this is something like pieces of this you can get people interested in and then they never made anything with it. But in Jurassic World, we, we have this whole bit where, uh, you know, Chris Pine is teaching raptors to follow him on a motorcycle. I like I like that you called him Chris Pine. Chris, Oh, Chris Pratt. Chris the, Pratt. The, is, the, uh, the very best Lego movie special feature <laughs> is when, um, yeah. is when uh, Emmett says, and I'm voiced by incredible actor Chris Pine. Wait a minute, what? What the hell is Chris Pratt? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no, this is uh it's, um, yeah. well it's, it's Chris yeah. Yes. So they they tell us that and then they have like the when they go and they kill Vincent D'Onofrio in the science lab and then the, the BD Wong goes off in the helicopter and like this plot thread that's not resolved is that they are trying to make dinosaur soldiers. So we better get that movie. We we bet I really do want I'm, I'm okay that it's not the second one, but if if this is going to be like a trilogy, and and then you know we're we're done with Jurassic Park for a while again, I really want the I want to see the uh, the movie where someone decided, hey, instead of drones, what if dinosaurs? I agree. Yeah. On on that note, we've gone almost an hour and a half. Um, oh wow! Yeah, no, this was great. Okay. As as usual, All this right. is great. So um, I but before before going completely off, I I would imagine by the time we record this again. Um, we'll have both probably seen Ready Player One, so that'll be something to look forward to, guys. Um, I, who, who knows if it's going to be good or not, but at least it'll be a conversation that's worth looking forward to. And uh, well, that's I, March twenty. That's that that's March twenty fourth, though. We might have another one in by. Then. That is true. I'm just I'm just saying it. I'm I'm attempting to yeah. Right, I'm attempting yeah. to give people something to look forward to. And since we didn't get to talk to it at length, we'll talk about it next time. But I want to remind everyone: there's a movie in theaters right now called Annihilation that none of you are going to see, and that's a yeah. goddamn shame. So get out there and see it, please. <laughs> we need more movies like yeah, no, it. No, you you saw you saw Annihilation. You haven't gotten to talk about it on the podcast. So tell tell people what you like about Annihilation. Annihilation is fucking incredible. Just 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 go and see Annihilation. Annihilation is at one point exactly the movie they're pitching to you with the trailers. And at the same point, not the movie they're pitching to you with the trailers either at all. It's great. It's like it's like the thing and mm-hmm. a billion other really thinky sci-fi movies like Contact and um oh god, Blade Runner guys um movie from last year or two years ago, um, that was so great. Um I'm I'm forgetting right now. But 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 anyway, it's just great. You have to see it. It it's a it's body horror and gore. It's thinky and introspective. It's non-linear and all over the place. And I love it and haven't stopped thinking about it after seeing it. And it deserves your money. And from more recent interviews, from the director of Dread. Did you did you realize yeah, this? Yeah. That, for, for, that Alex Garland for, for, for actually act- directed Dread. Yeah, we didn't know. 
<laughs> and the That's good, the good, the good dread, not the not the Sylvester Stallone one. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so, right. so so please go see Annihilation. I don't work for that studio. In fact, I don't work for any studio. But um, we need more movies like Annihilation. Just gonna yeah, throw that know. out there. Um, and anyhow, um, again, uh, thank you all. Um, as before. You know, this and other stuff that I'm doing are supported 100% by my Patreon, um, patreon.com slash thechippa. Um, thank you all so far for who have donated to it. Um, it's been a huge help, and it keeps the quality of these improving and the quantity of these improving, and I really appreciate it. Um, yes. And as always, um, I'm Chris. I'm and you're, Bob. And you're Bob. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for coming yes, along on the tangent. Have a great night. All right. Mm-hmm.